Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? It is June 3rd. This is the list and your boy. Don't forget, right after this on FightfulSelect.com, we have the list goes on. It's our uh, list and your boy post show. But hey, right, right now it's time for the show. What's up, Jimmy? Sean, did you know that a DUI doesn't make you a criminal? I read that on the internet today, last night. Oh, God damn. If you guys aren't familiar with what the hell I'm talking about, just search it on Twitter. You'll find it. It's there. Pretty good. It was embarrassing. I felt, ugh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> we are living in an unprecedented time. Sean Ross app. This is uh, probably going to be a time like no other in our lives, I think. And, uh, you know, this little podcast we do on Wednesdays, we're going to try to provide a little bit of distraction if we can. A little bit of normalcy, I suppose, mm-hmm. if we can. Uh 2020, what a shit show. 2020's been. I mean, we've been on lockdown. I don't know about you in Kentucky, but in in Ontario, Canada, now we're going on three months of lockdown, and they just announced you're going to go until the end of uh, June, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be going on four months of lockdown, a third of a year lockdown. We had Chad Gaspard's tragedy. We had Hana Kimura's tragedy. We had George Lloyd's tragedy. Got my shirt in today. Very happy about the Chad Gaspard shirt. Oh, it looks good, man. Yeah. That looks good. I saw yeah. your post that it like traveled to like 18 different states in order to get to you. It, it's, it starts in the same state that I live in and then goes to three states. I'm like, it started literally two hours from my house. They drove it an hour south to Knoxville. Then they drive it right by my house to take <laughs> it an hour and a half north to Cincy. And then it comes back today. And I, tweet, I had tweeted... It's been to as many states as I have this year, and hey, you know what? I support the post office. Everybody knows my mailman that fucks gimmick on the, the Blue Chew ads. I respect our. They, they got. There's got to be a better way. <laughs> there's got to be a better way. No wonder that they're they lose money all the time. Easy for me to say based on this experience, but yikes. yeah. Well, we we uh, I, I told Sean to expense one of those shirts for everybody on the Fightful staff because uh, I thought it's a good idea, so yeah. we did that. Um, all these protests are happening all over the U.S. And, and in other parts of the world, too, but mostly in the U.S., it seems. And there's rioting and looting going on and everything. I haven't said anything publicly about what's going on. Have you, Sean, on any of your podcasts? Have you talked about it at all? Well, it depends on, on what you mean. Uh, the ver- a variety of things, yeah, I've spoken on. Um, okay. If, if it gets political, I usually keep it to my Facebook and stuff. But about the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests yeah. and all that stuff, yes, I am. All that stuff. I, I'm very pro protests especially in this situation okay well i haven't said anything publicly and there, there's re- really two reasons number one who the hell am i yeah you know what i mean i'm not an authority figure in any way no one gives a shit what i have to say so that's that's the first reason the second reason is i'm gonna be very frank with you as a white male i i know that i have experienced privilege in my life i know i have of course and Same. who am i who am i to try to understand what black people are going through mm-hmm. uh i i just i you can't I, understand can I? it 
No, and, yeah. and, and so who am I to tell them what to say? Who am I to tell them how to react? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the people on social media, especially those, you know, of, of white privilege who are saying you should do this or should do that, you got nothing to say. You don't know what these people are dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so that's another reason why I chose just not to say anything because who am I to say? Who, uh, who am I to tell them what to do? Uh, I will say this, though. I want to give kudos to John Bones Jones, the, uh, the UFC – what I saw this, yeah, yeah, the, the UFC light heavyweight champion. Uh, I want to give him kudos because obviously his out of cage behavior usually tarnishes his reputation, uh, and everybody that that considers him the greatest MMA fighter of all time, there's always that asterisk beside his name because of his out of cage behavior and because of drug failures and stuff like that. Uh, if you're not a fan of MMA, for at least two nights that I know of. John Jones and and some of his uh, training partners, they walked the streets of Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is where he lives because that's where he trains. He did it without a face mask on, and he did it looking for potential vandals to stop them. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. What? What? I just fucking Christ. I just what? got poor network connection. Was that on your side? It's, or my a, side? it's don't worry about it. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. Okay, don't okay, don't bring okay. the show to a screeching halt. I'll I'll let you know if we've got issues. Okay, let me know. But anyway, so he he was walking the streets to to stop potential vandals. Uh, there was a video that was out where he got in a kid's face and basically said, "Give me your paint can," mm-hmm. uh, and the kid uh, eventually did. I want to give him kudos for that, and uh, and I want to say one little other thing on a side note. Uh, Anyone who thinks that these vandals and these looters are all black people, anyone who thinks that, watch some of this footage. Yeah. Because John Jones did not approach a black person to take a, a paint can out of their hand. He approached a young white kid. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of these vandals and these looters are non-black, taking advantage of what's going on in order to commit these, uh, these, these crimes. That's just my opinion, but I think that's what's going on. But kudos to John Jones, man, for doing that because – you don't know who you're approaching. You don't know if they're packing heat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I realize he's the light heavyweight champion. It might be the best of all time. But still, you're still approaching people not wearing a face mask, and you don't know what they might have on them. So kudos to him. I thought that took balls, and I thought it was a, a good thing for him to do. Yeah, if you guys want to support a positive cause, uh, I appeared on the Sheenom stream on Twitch this past Sunday, and uh, we did a charity stream along with Queen of the Rings. Check that out at twitch.tv slash the Sheenom. But if you want your question or statement read on the air today, donate a super chat. Any amount makes that happen. Uh, you can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com and ask as many questions as you want. Uh, really about 10. If, you, if you're asking more than 10, <laughs> what, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Uh, also, shout out to Liam Moores for joining the contender tier. Uh, but we do have a couple of super chats already from our dude throwback. Check out his show. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to support that as much as possible. He started a show. I've been rather enjoying it. He's got a good presence. Uh, it's on his channel, but the best way to tell you guys is to follow him at throwback978 on Twitter. But uh, he sends a super chat and says, Hey guys, at work, but I want to say thank you to Sean and everybody in the community for their support the last few weeks. It's made a difference. I'm humbled and honored from it. Fightful is really an amazing thing, and I'm so grateful for it. Thank you to Jimmy also. If there's one thing that Fightful knows, it's being humble, Jimmy. Oh, you especially, Sean. Yeah, I, I didn't notice until this past week that WrestleTalk, based on my Quizzlemania appearance, did a humble compilation. Did they? And a Bad Boy of Wrestling Media compilation. And was it basically like 30 minutes of you? That, that's what it is. It's legitimately 10 it to 15 is. minutes of me on Quizzlemania wow. East. There's two of them. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. How about that? Oh, wow. man. But as we start to get into our first point of the day, I think Throwback can kind of, got, kind of guide us there. He says, It's extremely scary to see WWE take people's real lives into a storyline. The Hardy storyline was unexceptionable due to the history he has had with substance abuse WWE has a habit of this and needs to stop exploiting their talents, real-life issues to make a buck. One day this will uh, blow up in their face. Uh, he sent a hefty super chat for that uh, throwback, my friend. Uh, I thank you. He donated a lot to the Sheenom stream as well this week. But this is a major talking point on today's show, Jimmy. Uh, I got word of this segment minutes before it went on the air. Mm. Minutes before it went on the air. And... It was one of those things that was so ludicrous I had to see some visual evidence before I would even run it on Select because I was like, surely not. Surely somebody's pulling my leg. They were not pulling my leg, and this Jeff Hardy thing unfolded. 
to me, this has Vincent Man's fingerprints all over it, and and uh, I'm sure that it's probably going to play out that he wasn't really drinking and Seamus set him up. Uh, and so Vincent Man, in his mind, probably thinks that's the excuse. He probably thinks you can do it because we're not exposing Jeff Hardy's demons because it's gonna the story's going to play out that he wasn't drinking and driving and Sheamus set him up. And I think the reason that Jeff Hardy came out at the end of the show and everybody was like, how the hell is he there when he got arrested? They're mm-hmm. probably going to play it out that his, uh, his alcohol level was zero and he was clean and all of that. That's probably what's going to happen. But uh, let me just say this. I've always been a proponent of using real-life situations mm-hmm. in wrestling because fans know the behind-the-scenes. Uh, and so the, the best example I can think of is when Lana divorced Rusev and married Bobby Lashley and wrestling fans pretty much shit all over it, even though at least I think they appreciated Lana's promo work because she was able to shine. I think they appreciated that we got to see Rusev and Lashley because uh, they're two great talents. But the story was universally shit on because everybody knew they're not divorced. They're married. Uh, and so it's hard to kind of take what everybody knows as real life and try to come up with something that people just know is completely not true. Yes. I do think, though, that there should be a line drawn somewhere because – and again, I have – luckily in my life, I have not uh, had addiction issues. Uh, I haven't had to deal with those demons. But I can't imagine what that must be like for a Jeff Hardy who's had to deal with this over and over and over again. They just made it a part of the story when he came back. You know, when they were telling his story and now they're incorporating it into an angle with Seamus. I'm sure Hardy's the kind of guy, he's kind of a, a, a laid back kind of guy and he probably just went with it. But I'm sure he wasn't crazy about it. You know, he just didn't speak up. I think there should be a line drawn. A line drawn. And I think the other thing that people need to remember, the point of a story is supposed to, to is supposed to be to draw viewers and to draw money. That's the point of an angle. Right. Yeah. And when you look when you look traditionally, when WWE has done this kind of thing, Hawk from the Legion of Doom, uh, Jake, the Snake Roberts and Jerry Lawler, did those draw viewers and money? I don't think so. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes Vince McMahon, he does these things, you know, kind of because he thinks it's funny or he thinks it's entertaining and he loses sight of the fact you're supposed to be doing this to generate interest in an angle, to generate viewers uh, and to ultimately draw money in the match. And I just don't think that's going to get it done. But it's they've been doing it for decades. They're not going to stop. It's going to continue. And it would not surprise me if they somehow somewhere use the protests and rioting and something and, and turn that into some kind of a story on the show, too. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just, man, this seems like such an easy thing. Like, they do it so much with Jeff Hardy. Not often to this extent. But the fact that he has had these problems within the last year, that's right. where I'm like, okay, we aren't that far removed from these problems. And considering that we're not that far removed from these problems, and he got fired for it 18, 17 years ago, maybe? Yeah. That shows me that that's not really there. And we see a lot of people will say on the, the, the battle addiction, you're never not an addict. Right. You're always an addict. And I, I can't pretend to, to relate to that. Uh, my cousin, who's closer than a brother to me, can relate to that. And he, he has extended that to me often. Like, he's, he's not necessarily comfortable being out in social situations a lot because he's not sure how he'll feel if somebody offers him a beer. He's right. not sure how somebody will feel if you know, diff, different people have different elements that, that, that cause those reactions. Jeff seems pretty nonchalant about it, but then again, that's us seeing him on screen. I did think it was a little odd, and I'm open to seeing where almost anything goes, and I do like real-life situations playing out on TV because ultimately that's how I like my drama. That's how I like my my television. Uh, I think it can be done tastefully, though, and Mm -hmm. tastefully doesn't mean politically correct. I hate that term. I I prefer the term just correct, Uh, but – I think it can be done in a correct manner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was it. I'm going to see how it plays out because so often in a lot of these, I don't see an underlying positive message. I just see somebody getting railed on for mm-hmm. shitty behavior or their mistakes and not any, hey, you should seek out help for this. Other people should seek out help for this. And I do think think that that's the with great power comes great responsibility aspect of this. And it is very lazy. It, it It is like they just couldn't come up with anything better, and that was the obvious choice. And and Jeff Hardy's got such a, a storied career in WWE. You could draw on a lot of other stuff aside from that. Yeah, you know what of I course. mean? 
But, uh, yeah, it does seem like it was lazy direction. Uh, now, I wanted to ask you something kind of related to, you know, WWE decisions. Uh, when they had uh, members of the PC talent roster standing as, you know, live crowds for the tapings, I read something about um, they were given orders about their energy level or something. Like yes. They were, they were basically given orders during the taping. What did you hear about that? That which is what Wrestling Inc. reported, but I had heard last week because I had some people that were like, oh, why are you why are you keeping, why are you bringing up stuff about the chairs so much? Well, because the wrestlers were. The actual people there were like, yeah, it's exhausting. We are brought in at 10 a.m., off-site. Some people driving 15, 20 minutes to full sale. Then they're bused to the performance center. They were told they were going to be there until 10 at night. So they got to be there at 10 a.m. They're told 10 at night. It's closer to 11 or 12 at night. So you're talking about a 14-hour day right there. And for most of it, they're standing. I had a lot of people saying, oh, well, we saw footage of them sitting. Well, that's cool because they didn't show the footage of them being called out over the PA speaker for sitting down, being told to stand up. Yes. Yes. And just because other people do that for 12 hours at a time doesn't mean that everybody needs to do that for 12 hours at a time. I respect people who do stand up for extended periods of time at their job. It was not necessary here. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has to go through the same things that everybody else does. Like that's not the way that it works. Like just because one person is suffering at their job or in life or anything doesn't mean that everybody else has to do that and they didn't mm-hmm. need to do that. You could have got them stools for the love of God. So what happened was Monday and Tuesday, they knew that was going to happen. That sucked for them. Then they're told, hey, we need you Wednesday, too, for NXT. That wasn't so bad. The tapings were broken up a little bit. They kind of revolved them a little bit. But then, where NXT wrestlers were getting really pissed off, they were told in less than with less than 24-hour notice, which they're not supposed to be, hey, we need you Thursday night to film the Adam Cole Velveteen Dream match on the set behind Full Sail University. Carpool there. We're going to surround the ring with cars and do that. Well, they were supposed to be there at 7. It didn't get started till midnight because of Shoot. unseasonable rain, any any variety of things. Also, I thought maybe, I thought maybe it was because they were waiting for Gronk to do a spot. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So I can't wait to talk about that later. But also in the tents, they were specifically told beforehand, hey, you know, we know it's Orlando. These tents will be air conditioned. They weren't. They weren't. So... It, yeah, it's it's. I'm sure it's frustrating, and you know, you got some people that are like, "Oh, these divas, these prima donnas." I don't think so. I would That's be long as day. I would I would be happy to call people out on that if they were being ridiculous. The people yeah. I heard from weren't being ridiculous. Some of the people that that complained to me, I've had conversations with them before, and I'm like, you know what? I think what you're complaining about isn't so bad. This yeah. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I don't understand. Okay, so if the average television match is say anywhere between seven and twenty minutes, why not just tell them that you got to stand during a match uh, and during the entrances, and then when the match is over and when they're setting up for the next thing, you sit down. What's wrong with that? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's not. It's not hurting anything. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt oh. anything. And oh. just get them stools. Get them stools. Yeah. That way they can sit down. Here and there. It's so weird. but uh, It's amazing to me the mistakes WWE has made when it comes to HR yeah. and when it comes to personnel. And we're going to tell another story uh, related to that in a minute. But first, I want to ask you, Chris Jericho, Iron Mike Tyson, 2020, what are your thoughts? Depends on when the match happens, if they do a match. Because I think if it happens right now, it's a best-case scenario for AEW. One... They popped a bit of a rating off of that. They didn't get the mainstream attention I think they were looking for. Yep. Also, I did not like the segment. I did not like them having that Mickey Gooch fuck out there. Yeah, who uh, the hell is that guy? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Jeremy Lambert, the greatest headline writer in the game. Did you see his headline for that? I might have. I don't Mickey Gooch taints main event segment for AEW. And the guy retweeted it. I saw that. The guy retweeted it, so a good sport. But when you come out there with the face paint on and you're doing the shakes and all that and you're ripping your shirt off, you're making a joke out of pro wrestling. That's what. Yeah, who Gron- is he? Why was he there? He was an actor. He's a friend of uh, 
Mike Tyson's. I think he actually acted in a movie with Jericho, though I don't know their connection. I think he was in Jay and Silent Bob with Jericho. Okay. But okay. It, was, it took away because, quite frankly, you didn't need him in the ring. You had Mike Tyson, Rashad yeah. Evans, Vitor Belfort, and Henry Cejudo. Who were completely like overshadowed. Yes. Completely. I Com- don't even think they were referenced on commentary. Really? Yeah, you got to mention them. You got to have four legends in the ring at that point. Four former world champions in the ring at that point. Right. Uh, but the reason I think it, it's best case scenario, Jimmy, is they're taping everything if this match happens right now. They're taping this, and they can make Mike, uh, Mike Tyson look like a million bucks. And they can make this match look like a million bucks. So I think they should do this. I think it's a nice way to maybe get some people interested and do one of the better celebrity matches if they right. can pull that off. They could do a cinematic style match. Yeah. So I, I look at it like this. So first and foremost, Jericho. Here's a quote from Chris Jericho. He said, this is not a WWE angle. This is a Chris Jericho angle. That is utter bullshit. It is a WWE angle. And, and, and there's no way Chris Jericho really believes that. I, I refuse to think that he believes that. There is not one wrestling fan that saw that segment and did not think that they were copying Steve Austin, Mike Tyson from 1997. There's not one wrestling fan that saw that that didn't think that. Uh, and so I thought that, that quote was bullshit. I do think it's a little different because they had the MMA fighters integrated, but I thought that was more of a reference to the fact that Tyson and Jericho had history in WWE. And I think that's okay to reference that. Just because sure. it happened in a different company doesn't mean you ignore it. But No, for sure. I mean, that's the reason why he was able to say it's a Chris Jericho angle. Sure, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's still bullshit. I understand why they did it, and, and you referenced it. I get why they did it. They were looking for mainstream attention. AEW, even though the devote wrestling audience is fully familiar with AEW, the mainstream is not. Yeah. To the mainstream, they think pro wrestling, they think WWE. Uh, and we've even seen, say, Chris Jericho showing on the screen at a sporting event. It says WWE superstar Chris Jericho underneath it. So mm-hmm. when they think mainstream uh, pro wrestling, they think WWE. So I understand why they're doing it. I thought the execution was awful. I thought it was terrible. Uh, I thought that for them to start the segment by doing uh, comedy uh, where, you know, they have all these props and all this kind of stuff doing a comedy bit. It's hard to it's hard to take Jericho seriously when he's doing that goofy stuff. Even when he starts acting serious, you still think he's being funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I didn't like that. And then the problem with Mike Tyson and somebody on Twitter actually disagreed with me, but I I don't care because they're wrong. (laughs) <laughs> Mike Tyson needs to be properly handled because he doesn't take the shit seriously. Yeah. So he needs to be properly handled. He needs to be properly managed. He's got to have somebody there kind of, you know, telling him how to do things. I think he, he would. I think he would oh, if somebody would, just said – because I think he respects it. I think he sure. respects wrestling. He's a fan going way back. I remember yeah. I remember in 97, Vince uh, in the ring and, and talked about it. And Tyson said, Bruno Sammartino, Nikolai Volkov. Like he's a fan yeah. going back to the 70s. But on his own, when he's left to his own devices, he doesn't take it seriously. He was standing in Jericho's face with a big smile on his face, you know, trying to tear off his shirt. It was a joke to him. Uh, and so when the whole thing ended, I thought, well, that was just a, basically just a comedic piece of shit. I didn't think it was a heated angle at all. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and so they're, they're going to need to work on the execution. I agree with you about take advantage of the, of the, of the landscape now where you're taping stuff. Uh, put together a cinematic match. You can do multiple takes if you need to. I fully agree. And Jericho's the right guy. There's really nobody. Yes. I don't think in either company right now he's there's the a guy that could pull that off the way that Chris Jericho could. And so he's the right guy for the spot. But as far as this being step one towards a program, I thought execution was awful. So they're gonna they're yeah. gonna really have to work with Tyson on this. Uh, I can tell you some stuff about. I don't want to go too into detail on, on some of the stuff I know. But I, I I know people that work with Tyson in the memorabilia world, in the sports memorabilia world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he is a bit of a loose cannon. He does have a bit of a short fuse. And so you do have to – I've been told stories. Like you have to kind of uh, – you got to kind of massage him, nurture him, kind of you know keep him focused on what he's doing. I've heard stories about him after 10 minutes getting up and leaving for like two hours to go smoke marijuana behind the, behind the building. So that sounds uh, fun though. Well, he's he's just it's Mike Tyson. You've got to keep sure. him focused, and uh, I think AEW has to do a much better job of managing him because again, he just doesn't take it seriously. What he's I I thought it was hilarious at Double or Nothing when they got a shot of him yawning his ass off oh. 
sitting in a chair Rough. and looking bored. And I almost wondered, and that was live, live, that was live television. I almost wondered if somebody said something to him mm -hmm. because first he was looking disinterested and bored and yawning. And the next thing you know, he's sitting up in his chair and he's clapping and he's going like this. And I know I they, ac my... they accidentally sent us all the B-roll of him cheering, like six clips of him cheering. Right, right. But I wondered if somebody said something to him because uh, because he changed his demeanor yeah. uh, basically uh, on a switch. We'll see hey. where it goes again. I understand why they're doing it, but I just thought yeah. the execution so far has not been very good. Yeah, we have some super chats. Tim Traver says, I stay humble and peaceful all day, every day. Hey, that's why you're here. Liam Moores, uh, who joined the contender uh, tier, says, Great show, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Uh, Jobber, JJ496, Ole Davis number one fan TM, <laughs> says, How far should WWE go with real life problems? They always do this and mostly go too far. The humble Sean, keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much. I'm okay if the person is comfortable. Like, quite frankly, like, I mean, we've seen a lot of people that didn't want to do romance angles on screen because they, yep. they weren't comfortable with it. To me, that kind of comes with the territory a little bit, but ultimately it has to be at the level of comfortability for the person who is impacted by this. I think that in, in the in the Jericho or in the uh, Jeff Hardy example, I wouldn't just be asking Hardy; I'd be asking others on the roster. Yeah, because everybody on the roster probably knows someone who's battled demons if they have it themselves. Yeah. Uh, I know Booker T talked about it on his on on backstage, saying that he's lost people uh, to their addictions. So I think you need to be more open-minded because you don't know who you might be uh, offending in that situation. I mean, again, me as a wrestling fan, I wasn't offended by it. I just looked at it thinking, how are you expecting to draw money with that? Because historically they have not whenever they've done something like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. We have a couple more. Stephen Fitzpatrick says, have you guys read up on the Hanakamura and Hafu element of her abuse? Very upsetting that not being pure Japanese is a reason to be bullied. I have not, that. but uh, not being pure anything is a terrible reason to be bullied. I think that yeah. anything related to how somebody looks or or stuff like that is is a very shallow reason to be bullied. And yeah, she's half she was half Indonesian, hmm. uh, and I guess in the Japanese culture, if you're not you know 100 percent Japanese, I guess that's a that's a source for bullying. It's it's interesting because obviously here in the Western world, I think it's kind of looked at much differently now. My yeah. children are mixed, yeah. uh, and we get tons of compliments on their skin tone yeah. all the time. And uh, it's I think the Western world, the mentality is still kind of different. And uh, I heard about that. It's unfortunate because, again, Hanukkah had a phenomenal look. Yeah. So it's unfortunate that that was considered a source of the, uh, of the cyberbullying. Rob Wilkins uh, rounds out our super chats by saying, SRS, any words on if Jackson Riker is close to being kicked out of the locker room territory yet? Do you think the four horsemen stable will start in AEW? I don't think we'll see a horseman stable in AEW. I think that they got to scale back the WCW references and all that stuff. As far as Jackson Riker, the thing is, most of the people that I talked to s said that he couldn't be more different interpersonally. Like backstage, he's always been really cool and respectful. But when a lot of his posts came to light, not just the thing that he posted this week, uh, a lot of people were looking at him a lot differently, including his tag team partner who has similar political views as him, but maybe uh, less tone deaf in, in that regard. But yeah, there there were a <sighs> lot of people uh, not thrilled with Jackson Riker in light of the timing of his tweets. What uh, are the two things that I always tell you not to talk about publicly? What, politics? Politics and religion. One of, one of the first things that I ever learned in business is when you're in the public eye, you got to be smart talking about politics and religion because you risk dividing your audience. And in the case of Jackson Riker, he's divided the locker room too. And there goes my phone. Wow, you're, you're really going to hate me on Quizzlemania today. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm doing a televangelist gimmick today. Oh, great, great. Yeah, awesome. uh, the, dong lord, if, the dong lord has risen. If you do it the way Phil Collins did in that song, uh, what's it called, Jesus He Knows Me, do it like that and you're good because that was funny. So you want me to sing more Phil Collins on the air? Sing more Phil Collins on the air. I mean, you've sang Stephanie McMahon's theme song and I've we've sang Ass Man together effectively. That's true. So. And uh, if we hit the 1,000 uh, Fightful Select goal, you and Warren have to do what? 
What was the song you and Warren what? had to do? I didn't even remember that. Oh, you didn't hear about this? No. Yeah, somebody on Twitter said if uh, what's the goal required for Warren Hayes and Sean Ross Sapp to do a duet of whatever it was. I responded to the guy and I said, a thousand subscribers on Fightful Select. I don't see. I don't creep your tweets like you do mine. <laughs> I don't do that. Okay. Got you okay. muted. So take a look really. for it because I don't remember what it was. Oh come on! We're, see, we're gonna have to give Warren another raise because of this. This is insane. I mean, hell, if it gets us to a thousand subscribers, you know sure. what? It'd be worth it. It'd be worth yeah. it. Plus, plus, he works worth. really hard. There you go. What's I next? I want to talk. Uh, I want to talk about what could become the biggest real life grudge match of 2020: WWE corporate versus WWE personnel. Oh yeah, that could become the big grudge match. They need to have a, a heel character who's like he represents HR. For WWE, oh, that's what they need to do. Because yeah. uh, now let's do a quick recap. So back on April fifteenth, WWE announced that they had been uh, they were going to be undergoing short term cost reductions to improve cash flow in the wake of uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, which obviously a lot of companies are doing. Uh, they went on to release a lot of talent. They furloughed a lot of employees. They deferred plans to uh, put their new headquarters together. Um, then a week after that, they announced their Q one twenty twenty earnings. Yeah. Now, keep in mind that what they did on April 15th was not reflected in Q1, because sometimes people forget that. But they announced their Q1 earnings, record profits, record revenues. And one of the big questions coming out of the Q1 call was, are they going to face a reduction or uh, a, a, a rights who's going to be withheld straight up by USA and Fox? And this man kind of addressed it and said, they have our backs and we have theirs. Uh, so in other words, no, they're not going to be reduced or withheld. The reason I want to mention this is because PW Insider reports that several WWE executives and officials have been told that their pay will be cut by as much as 20%, Mm -hmm. and they claimed that it was due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Now, that is going to affect the Q2 call. The Q2 call is in July, and that call is going to be very interesting because if, as I said, going into the Q1 call, if USA and Fox are not reducing or withholding rights, WWE is going to be more profitable than they would have been pre-COVID because their costs are way down. Mm-hmm. They're not having to, their production costs are way down. They're keeping everything set up in in uh, the performance center. They're not having to have the trucks go. They're not having to have crews in different cities, especially uh, unionized crews or anything. Their production costs are way down. So. If we learn on the Q2 call that the rights fees were not reduced or withheld and they have now cut pay for executives and officials by as much as 20%, how do you possibly – how do you possibly explain that to your staff? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How do you possibly do it when it looks like you are strictly taking advantage of this time and you're taking advantage of the excuse of this pandemic, which has hurt other businesses, strictly to pad your bottom line? How do you possibly spin that to your staff? Yeah, uh, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. No. And when you're already going to be more profitable than ever because of of a reduction in costs, it doesn't – I just don't – I think WWE has done such a poor job of handling this whole thing. I, I think that their message to these staff has been awful. We've heard from a lot of the talent. Oh, they just send you a text and check out the app. They have like a, an internal app for their talent. Just here's a text message, check the app. Here's a little video from Vince McMahon. They have handled this so terribly, uh, this whole thing. And I still cannot believe Drake Maverick is in the finals of the Cruiserweight Tournament in NXT. They told him a month and a half ago, a month and a half ago, they told him that he was being released, and a month and a half later, he is still 
in the NXT Cruiserweight Tournament. How do you let them go after all that? Like, they can't. They're going to have to change their mind on Drake Maverick. Yeah, How do you and, let him go? and he's being featured in, like, Slammiversary promos, and he can't even wrestle by then. Yeah, I got uh, that on my list, too. Yeah. There's – and here's the thing. If they if they alter the pay of superstars next, I'm sure that's grounds for lots of them to get out of their deals. And, they're not, they're not going to the do that. They're not yeah, going to do that. They're not going to do that. No. They're just going to cut a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. it's so yeah. angering when – and, hey, to Ring of Honor's credit, they saw this, and they're like, we're going to do a lot better than what they're doing. And they paid everybody. They've, they've used it to, to better – to treat their talent better even like they're the one company okay so if you guys are coming to me and you're saying oh well they gotta watch their stock ask me why i'm supposed to give a fuck ask Mm -hmm. me why sean rossap who owns no stock is supposed to give a fuck about them protecting their stock i don't i'll cover it sure but i'm not gonna sympathize with wwe cutting people by the way they cut a bunch of people that they looped in on false promises. They sold them a bill of goods, too. And they're firing a lot of people. It's so frustrating. So if you're going to come at me with that, oh, but the stock, but the stock, but the stock, like I'm going to see you on friggin' MSNBC on the bottom <laughs> crawl or something, I don't care. I don't care. Well, the it's thing people bad. need to remember, too, the thing you need to remember is I don't know how much money this, these pay cuts add up to. But it's going to be minuscule in the general scheme of things. It's minuscule. And so that's why I look at it as an employer myself. I look at it and I think, look at the damage you're doing to morale uh, and and look at uh, what you're going to be saving in terms of your profits. Again, if there's no reduction or if uh, rights fees are being withheld because we don't know that yet. But if that's not the case, it's so minuscule what they're saving that to me the hit that you're that you do in the morale of your, of your staff isn't worth what you're padding your bottom line with. And uh, I just think they've handled it all so poorly. They've handled it worse than any company in the wrestling business, and it's not close. Like, it's just been really, yeah. really bad. You yeah. Know? It's well, it's it's infuriating and angering. Yeah, and uh, another, another point, I guess, about personnel, because I want to ask you how they're going to replenish the cupboards. So WWE call-ups from NXT. So we already know Matt Riddle is uh, going to SmackDown. They did the video last week. Uh, word is that Dominic Dijakovic is headed to Raw, most likely. Yes. Uh, word is broken about a certain female that's headed up. Do you want to say the name, Sean? It's out there now. WrestleTalk put there it now. out there. Uh, Chelsea Green is planned on going up. Um, as you know, I knew about that a while back, but I yep. was working to get like a confirm on a brand or something. But we put on Select that last week I had heard men and women were coming up. And I think it's a good crop. I think that Chelsea Green should have been up in December. Deanna Perrazzo should have been up in December. They should be a tag team right now on one of those brands. Uh. You look like Emma's old character there for a second. Yeah. Well, you know what? She should be on the damn main roster, too. She should still be there. I mean, they got Bianca Belair on main event. Hey, you know, just... no, nobody makes them just do two women's segments in three hours. That's up to them. Yeah, yeah. I... Um... I guess the other one we'll mention, I was going to talk about uh, In Your House later on, but Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, it's being billed as a last chance match, meaning that if Dream doesn't win the title, he doesn't get another opportunity. Does that mean there's going to be a call-up of Velveteen Dream, potentially, to the main roster? Because how are they going to replenish the cupboards? Maybe, but I wouldn't count on it right now with all the stuff. There were a lot of people surprised that he was still put in the position he was after some of the controversy. Right, okay, okay. It seems to me that, like, some of these people that are being called up are kind of prominent in NXT. Yeah. And so do they have – obviously, they, they, have, they have no shortage of talent in NXT, but do they have anybody ready to elevate to a position to cover for the people that are being called up? I think they do. They, they got yeah. a lot of people who aren't being used right now, but, I mean, there's a lot of people on the main roster who aren't being used right now. Like you said, Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler are not being used. They yeah. got to do better with that because uh, they, they sort of replenish their own cupboards on Raw a bit with with using Apollo Crews better and some people like that. But NXT is going to have to really add some flavor to a lot of these people. For sure, for sure, yeah. And and again, like you just said, how confident are these call-ups going to be? I mean, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, where the hell did they go? Exactly. They're supposed Main to be event. the new hot tag team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
it's very frustrating uh, to see that as well. But I think that these are three really, really good call-ups. Kurt Angle revealed that he was offered the uh, opportunity to manage Matt Riddle on the main roster and turned it down. Good. Do you, do you think there's any possibility that Kurt Angle turned it down because he did not want to be connected to the heat uh, of Matt Riddle? Even though I know, you know Matt met with Vince and everything, but Kurt isn't necessarily in the know on all that. So do you think there's any chance that's why he didn't want to be connected to him? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I just think that it was... I don't think it was a good fit, first off. I think that Matt Riddle does not need him. If he if he has a manager, it should be... I, I hate to draw the comparisons to RVD, but it should be like a Stokely or a, or a Bill Alfonso type of... Like somebody that... When, when you think of them, you can think of the performer, not the manager first. Because when you think of Rob Van Dam, you think of Rob Van Dam. And hey, Stokely, I think he's one of the best at that. If you need him... To step up and make people think of him, he'll do that. If you need him to make people think of the wrestler first, they can. you can do that as well. I posted an exclusive on Fightful Select today, Jimmy. It affected eight people. Did you see that report I posted? No. Oh, boy. Well, first off, you should read your own website. But second of all— I've been busy today, man. It's been a busy day. <laughs> I do that too. Sometimes I'll sign an article in the chat— and Jeremy will be like, I got that two hours ago, and I haven't made my rounds yet on editing. But um, so from what I heard and confirmed with several people, Matt Riddle, Pete Dunne, obviously they were the tag champs. Matt Riddle had his meeting with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon was like, all right, we're calling this guy up. Originally, Indushera, which were managed by Malcolm Bivens, were feuding with Matt Riddle until Pete Dunne got back. Well, they obviously don't know what the hell's going to happen with Pete Dunne. They don't know if he'll be able to travel over. They, they feel lucky if they'll be able to get him on UK tapings if they do it at this point. But they were starting that feud. So there you already have five people involved. However, when it became clear that Riddle was going to go up, they're like, we got to get the tag titles off of him. What do we do? Because these guys are not ready. Malcolm Bivens was ready, but that's why they had him with them to begin with. To help get that team ready, and they weren't. So that's why you haven't seen them on TV lately. They have been effectively taken off TV. I'm told they're probably going to return. I don't know a date or if anything like that. But instead, they slid Imperium in and said, well, you know what? These two guys are definitely ready. And they brought in Timothy Thatcher to team with Riddle, feud with Riddle, go over Riddle on the way out. And you could even say that a ninth person was affected based on who his first feud's going to be which I can't put out there yet, but um, I don't think heavy creative plans were changed for that person. So effectively, eight people were affected by one call-up. That's that's mm -hmm. pretty impressive. And I have to say, I thought they pulled it off pretty well, all things considered. They they Tetris that call-up pretty well. Effect like there, nice, there was nice terminology. They Tetris yeah. the call-up. Wow. They, they had to make everything fit, and I thought that they did that pretty pretty well. Interesting. All right, so let's talk about that Slammiversary teaser. Um, I hate when Impact does this stuff. I hate yeah. it. And 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 quite frankly, and, and again, I understand they're kind of at the bottom of the pecking order when it comes to the U.S. wrestling scene. They're doing what they can to try to get attention. Tessa Blanchard hasn't been available for a few tapings. I understand the premise of why they're doing it. The, prom, the problem with Impact going back years and years and years is that they have grasped onto these WWE cast-offs and put them in prominent positions. They've done it time and time and time again, uh, and I, I just don't think it's a, it's a way to kind of get yourself to the next level. Uh, and I know what people are going to say. So in, in case you didn't see the Slammiversary teaser, they had footage of Eric Young, Gallows, Anderson, uh, Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud, Hawkins, Mike and Maria, EC3, and then they showed a Bulgarian flag. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously meaning Rusev. I know what people are going to say. They're going to say, oh, but most of those people got over an impact first. Yeah. Television, the television audience, they're going to see that. They're going to think WWE cast off. That's what they're going to think. And the premise of the trailer wasn't to say, oh, hey, Rockstar Spud might be coming in. Gallows might be coming in. No, the premise of the trailer was to say releases, releases, uh, future endeavor. Anybody watching that's going to know that they're talking with the WWE releases. And I, I just don't know why Impact time after time after time after time, they're just way too concerned with what WWE is doing, and they're way too concerned with the cast-off uh, yeah. element. 
and it's so irritating to me. They just they've just they've always done it. It doesn't matter if Dixie Carter is at the helm. Doesn't matter if it's uh, Ed Nornholm. Doesn't matter if it's Scott Demore. They just continuously go back time and time again to the WWE cast off thing, and I hate it. I wish I, they'd stop doing. I don't mind it with Diana EC3. And if they do Rockstar Spud, Rockstar Spud. Spud and EC3 were so heavily ingrained in the company. Uh, there, I think there are a lot of people, quite frankly, that, that were released that quite fr- that we know were not used to their abilities. Sure, 100%. That when Damian Sandow was brought in there, it was very clearly WWE released him. We're going to pick up the scraps. He's going to cut the anti-WWE promo. He didn't care. He didn't care. He does now in the NWA, but he mm-hmm. didn't then. Mm-hmm. It's, ah, it, it is, I'm okay with them bringing in former WWE talent, though. Like I said, especially EC3, their top guy, what he was. Sure. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not saying I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I just wish that they would spin it in a different way. You know, and instead of spinning it like, hey, we're bringing in these people WWE released, why not just say, look who's coming back, former Impact Champion EC3. Look who's coming back, former Impact Champion uh, Eric Young. But that's not the spin of that trailer. That trailer was all about releases, releases, releases. And that's what I didn't like about it. They need to forget about what WWE does and do their own thing. And uh, and they just continually for years have done this. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I, I think there's a yeah. lot of reasons why Impact has always been at the level that Impact's been at. Uh, yeah. And I, I think this is one of the reasons. I think that creatively their vision has not been where it needs to be. And uh, and they just got to not worry about what WWE's doing. And like you said, there's so many other things that you can do to promote EC3 if he does go to Impact. Or Eric Young if he does go to Impact. Or Rockstar Spud if he does go to Impact. You don't have to worry about the release element to it. Yeah. Uh... You know? And I think Impact's been pretty good of late. They, they've been doing a lot of good stuff. I mean, they've, they've been good for a while. Well, after what WWE's been doing with Drake Maverick for a month and a half since his release, I really hope they've reconsidered. Yeah. Because, uh, oh, it's just so I could probably talk for an hour about how WWE has dropped the ball with talent over the last six weeks because it's just been really stupid. But yeah. uh, I, 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 won't, uh, I won't keep going on about it. But I will segue right oh, into boy. stupid people. Let's go. That's the that's the best time to do it. And this one, Sean, this is going to be the not just coronavirus edition. Because even though there's still a lot of stupid shit happening because of coronavirus, there's a lot of stupid shit happening in general. And so I felt like I don't want to discriminate from the non-coronavirus stupid shit. Yeah. I want to I bring that in too. So I'm going to talk about everything. So this first one, this is reported by Vice News on May 28th. There's a couple out of Las Vegas named Tim and Letitia Heron, okay? Now, these two would commonly post pictures of their lifestyle on Instagram. Pictures of her Tiffany jewelry and their luxurious vacations and his Aston Martin sports car and even their private jet, Sean. They had a private jet, all right? Problem is, someone noticed that Mr. and Mrs. Heron... Mm-hmm. They couldn't really figure out how they made their money. Oh, boy. You know? Somebody meth noticed, lab. Yeah, meth lab. Yeah. Somebody noticed that Mr. Heron, like, he wasn't a, a you know, a big company owner or anything. Like, uh, where, are you, how, where are you getting a private jet? Yeah. So someone did some investigative research, and they discovered a couple of things. First thing they discovered is that Mr. and Mrs. Heron both had previous conviction, convictions for illicit activity. Uh, For her, it was identity theft, and for him, it was wire fraud and money laundering. Then, someone realized that uh, the only job that uh, Letitia Heron seemed to have was a home health care company that she started in North Carolina in 2010. So, upon further investigation, you know what was discovered, Sean? What? These two were thumbing through the obituaries... Looking for people that 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 had recently died, oh. and then they were scanning the internet for personal information about them and about family. Uh, then they were recto- act, retroactively charging the state of North Carolina Medicaid uh, Medicaid costs, or I guess they were billing Medicaid uh, for home care services that they never actually provided for that dead person. Wow. That's what they were doing, looking up dead people, pretending to, you know, to, to do work for them, billing Medicaid. They are now charged with stealing $13 million 
from North Carolina's home care system, and they face 70 counts, Sean. Each count has up to anywhere from two to 20 years in prison per oh, count. Oh, they gone. And they face 70 counts. Yeah, yeah. They are gone. And all because... What is it with people in social media, Sean? What is it with people? You have to show the car and the jet and the – why, oh man? Oh, my God. Why? That's so much money. That's, I mean, honestly, that's that's a whole lot of work <laughs> for them to do what they did, too. Yeah, that's what they did. Damn. That's what they did. Yeah. So good for them. This next one was reported by the BBC on uh, May 29. You're going to like this, Sean. Oh, boy. You'll like this. So last July, a man from Australia agreed to hire two other men – for five thousand Australian dollars to carry out a role play fantasy. Oh boy. <laughs> he wanted them to break into his house, tie him up wearing only his underwear, and stroke him with a broom. That's what he wanted. So early one morning, the two guys showed up, and as part of their act, they even brought a pair of machetes in order to kind of, you know, help with the whole thing of breaking into the house and everything. There was a problem. You know what it was? What's that? <laughs> what is it? Uh, the client had moved and forgot to tell them. So they strolled in early one morning carrying machetes into somebody else's house. They surprised a guy when he walked into his kitchen. There's these two strangers holding machetes. Uh <laughs> Everybody realized the mistake. These two guys, if you can believe it, extended a handshake and apologized, left the residence, figured out where the client actually was, went to the client's house. The first guy in the first house, I guess, called authorities. Authorities tracked him to the other house and arrested them uh, for uh, entering a home armed with a weapon. And this just made the news now, even though it happened last July, because one of the guys only now got acquitted. So he actually got acquitted. Yeah, of, uh, I would imagine because – Ultimately, to me, that was a little scummy. A little. I mean, I do I agree with what I just heard? No. <laughs> no. But what was happening there was between three consenting adults. The mistake was realized. Like you said, a handshake extended. Okay. So then after they leave... What? They didn't harm you. I don't think they were coming back. Maybe there was some fear there, obviously, some machetes. And they could have well, yeah. thought, admittedly, the original dude who was mistaken, they could have thought, they're full of shit. They were casing my house. They're coming back. So I understand that. But once it's determined that that wasn't the situation, I think that probably charges should have been dropped. Maybe, based on what I've heard. It's just, well, they, it's weird, but damn. They acquitted, they acquitted the one guy. They didn't see anything about the other one, but they acquitted the one guy. So. Shit. Yeah. Wanted to be stroked with a broom, Sean Rossap. Well, who doesn't, right? This last one, reported by the UK Sun on May 26th. You'll like this, and I wish I could produce, and I wish I could show the clip. Damn it, I got to maybe learn how to produce or get Sean to show some of these clips. So uh, I, I, can, I can do it, Jimmy. I know how. Okay, I mean, then there's no surprise element in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, but, why uh, do you like to surprise me so much on this show? Like, I like to know fun. what's going to happen on I know, you know, show. You know what Sean said to me off the air the other day? Sean said, you know, maybe if you tell me the topics ahead of time, I won't have to say I don't know to some of them. And I was like, no, nah, we're good the way we do it. Good God. I like the surprise element. Yeah. So there's a woman in the Ukraine. She went into a post office not wearing a face mask. All right? Mm -hmm. Staff in the post office told her, we can't serve you without a mask. Mm -hmm. And then while she's standing there, they proceeded to serve others who were, were wearing a mask. Right? Yeah. What happened next? Oh, some some privilege happened next is what happened. Somebody got real mad, started to snot and spit and piss all over everything. What happened? Right there in the middle of the post office, the woman took off her pants. I knew it! She took a shit! <laughs> she took a shit! No. Oh, damn took it. Took off her pants, took off her panties, put her pants back on, and put her panties over her head like a face mask and got back in line. Oh, God. <laughs> there's other people in the post office wearing their mask, and they're just, like, looking at her. All she did it, got back in line. And the thing really interesting is this made the news not because police were called or anything. This made the news because somebody on staff 
posted that surveillance footage on social media. And now they risk their job over it, actually. They might get fired over it. Oh. So yeah, how big, how really big were the it. panties? Were they like – were they were they thongs? Was were they like a, like a right... – I'm not, I'm not uh, asking how big was the woman. I'm asking like there are different – I also want to know like colors of polka dots and shit. No, no, no. But, I'm uh, wondering, no, was look, it effective? Like regular girl, regular size, I, I, like I didn't ask look, how look big she was. I didn't ask how big she was. I want to know, like... I keep losing you, and I don't know if it's on my side or yours. It's yours! It's yours! Are you sure? Yes. Really? Now, I don't know. Let me, let me answer this. Or let me, let me ask this. Like, here's why I'm asking this. If it was like a thong or something, that's not effective enough for a face covering. Nothing. None of that stuff's effective enough for a face covering. She was improvising to get her her mail delivered or whatever the if hell she was doing. If she had man. some like big ass panties or something, folded them over, wrapped them around, then maybe it worked. I don't know. No, she was like a she was like a like a, just an average size girl. Just I'm, I'm average just average size girl, average size panties. I didn't ask how big she was. I am just the dong lord. I'm not Doctor Dong Lord. <laughs> Although if I was, you'd probably take my advice more. Based on some of the people I've seen you listen to, Jimmy, I, that's what I'm, I'm going to call myself, Doctor Dong Lord. I'm whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what does that even mean? Based the doctor, on the, the Doctor Drew listen. thing a few months ago. Doctor Drew thing. Oh, that was when he said that the coronavirus wasn't wasn't that serious or something. Yeah, and it, it, no, it no, was. no. That I wasn't agreeing with him about that. That wasn't what I was agreeing with. Doctor Dong Lord, ready to make house calls, just like our friends at BlueChew.com. <laughs> You don't need to, you don't need to go to the doctor in person. It ships straight to your door. You can prescribe online. It, it comes discreetly. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. Blue Chew affiliated physicians send you this stuff. Same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But they work a lot better. They're a lot faster. They're a lot cheaper. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster. And it's ready whenever you are. Like I said, if you can avoid going to the doctor this day and age, that's the safe bet. And Blue Chew is the safe bet. It's going to get your penis extremely hard. You'll have... That's the thing. You will be going to your P.O. box, maybe. And people will see you pull out that package. They won't know what it is. But if you look over there and you say... It's blue chew. You're going to have a woman taking off her pants, taking off her panties, slinging them around her head and saying, let's go right here. I'm ready to take, I'm ready to face the charges. I'm ready to do it. Or you just walk to your house probably too. I, I don't know. You can get your first shipment free when you use that code Fightful. Bluechew.com. Code Fightful. Just pay $5 shipping. Got to pay the mailman. More than ever, Jimmy, based on what we just heard, got to pay the mailman. There you go, and I, I did not agree with Doctor Drew about the uh, the virus. I agree with him about the intelligent media fucking everything up. That's what I agree with. Uh, I still do to this day. Mm. Too much fear, too much panic, not enough information. That's what happened. I mean, he's he's retracted that, but but we move on. No, 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 he didn't. He retracted saying that the that the virus wasn't serious. He did not retract he's that the television quack. media fucked up. He's a quack. Oh, I agreed with what he said. He's a about quack, the television though. media. He is not Doctor Dong Lord. That's uh, just the uh, way it works. Okay. After this, go to FightfulSelect.com. We're going to do the list goes on. Mm-hmm. We are going to talk about uh, Dominic Mysterio. We're going to talk about that guy. We're going to talk about The Undertaker, and we're going to have a discussion about the best way for him to retire. That's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about Street Profits, Bailey versus Sasha. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about uh, a, a template that might be created by an independent promotion when it comes okay. to going back with fans uh, in the arena. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, a couple more things. First and foremost, Nia Jax, what did you think of the Kyrie Sane spot? I thought it was dangerous. I thought it was reckless. I think a conversation needs to be had with Nia. Whether it's been had before or not, she's got to get safer. She's got to be safer in the ring. Bottom line, too many people have been hurt. How Do you think Kyrie was at fault at all for not getting her hands up? Or do you think that – because you know what I think part of the problem is? I think part of the problem is Nia doesn't realize how much bigger and stronger she is than most of the girls. Possibly. And I think part of the problem is she just doesn't – you know, she puts too much uh, – I don't want to be disrespectful, but too much weight or too much power into some of the stuff she does. 
the angle they showed on television, it was kind of hard to see if Kyrie Sane had any uh, at any time to get her hands up. But when you look at the size differential, and when you look at Nia throwing her in like that, there could have been a lot of force behind it, so she wouldn't have had the time anyway. Yeah, I think th- I think there was too much force behind it, and she didn't have the time. But that that's from me speaking until Kyrie says something, right? I, okay, yeah. Is Nia Jax the reason the buckle bomb has apparently been banned because the last time out she did that to Kyrie and smacked her head on the buckle? I have not heard from anybody actually in the company that says it's banned. I'm going to ask, but it wasn't even a buckle bomb. It was her getting tossed into the buckle and she was too far out. Throwing people from too far out should be banned. Yeah, it was almost like a choke if I remember right. Yeah, it was a choke toss. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. So I know you have more info on this, and you can you can say it. Um, to me, this is a lost opportunity, and I understand that this was not WWE's decision because mm-hmm. Gronk, I guess, uh, uh, decided to uh, release himself from the contract. I guess he had a clause and could release himself from the contract. I understand. He's getting ready for the next football season. You don't want to have this outside distraction. To me, it's a it's it's a lost opportunity because, like we had talked about, maybe if if the Bucks went far in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Maybe they could be doing something with the 24-7 title. Is what it is, I guess. Uh, You heard more stuff on Gronk. What did you hear? People are not sad (laughs) about this. Uh, I can't put one of the people out there that have talked to me about Gronk in the past, but I'm pretty sure I showed you the, the messages. And another person said, he's a fucking clown. We're better off without him. I asked people on Raw, and they're like, we don't know what his deal is. He's, he's never been on Raw. He had a lot of heat, a lot of heat for delaying the WrestleMania filming. And yeah. I did have one person from Select, and hey, I, I respect all my subscribers, but they said, oh, why, why is he getting flack for something he was afraid of? Well, one, he signed a WWE performer's contract. And Jimmy, a basic bump would have hurt more than what he did at WrestleMania. They got they got a dozen of the of NXT's biggest dudes to catch him, and it took them hours to convince him. Vince McMahon at seventy five should not have to do what he did mm-hmm. to prove to him it was safe. He signed the deal. What did he think he was going to be doing? So yeah, good. Riddance. I mean, obviously, obviously, when he signed the deal, he probably hadn't decided on football yet. Sure. And uh, and I can understand probably by WrestleMania time he knew he was going to come out of retirement. And so maybe he was paranoid about getting injured. But you're right. It was like a three-foot drop. There's like a dozen guys there to catch you. It would have taken a real, you know, real odd accident. Yes. For that to end up with an injury. Yeah. So it was odd. Yeah, uh, he is not missed right now. I hope he can turn it around, but... Doesn't look great. Doesn't look great. Too bad for Mojo, too, because they moved Mojo to SmackDown for Gronk, and now Gronk's gone, even though Gronk was on Raw anyway. And then they haven't used Mojo at all since Mania. And I like Mojo Rawley. I think he's, I think he'd be an awesome manager for somebody, too. I think that he yeah. is, boy, He. I think he's one of the best actors they have on the entire roster. He is exceptional. He is the reason they did that selfie promo gimmick, because right. his was so good. You know, the only problem I have with Mojo, because I agree with you, like Mojo does have a lot of positive elements to him. He's got a lot of size. He's got athletic ability. He's got a football background. The only problem with Mojo is in real life, they'll show him kind of acting like a goof uh, and hanging with Gronk because Gronk acts like a goof too. So they'll show them kind of doing that. And then his wrestling persona will be this serious guy. And again, we talk about incorporating real life into storyline. Me as a wrestling fan, I could never get into Mojo to be in the serious guy knowing that in real life he's a goof. So I, I always, I'm I, okay I, with I, I always had an issue with that. I'm okay with it. But we do have a couple super chats to wrap us up. Injection yeah. says, Vince is being inconsiderate with Triple H and NXT, TBH. There, there's a bit of a, a tussle going on over talent right now within the company. Singer Vampire says, best segue ever. I love it when we get super chats based on a sponsor that's already paying us. That makes me very happy. Uh, and, yup, that's me, says... Sean looks so sexy with that haircut. Yum, yum. Well, let me tell you guys, if you want uh, to keep sending thirsty messages like that, I will quench <laughs> your thirst with a golden shower of scoops on FightfulSelect.com, including the list comes on. 
<laughs> including the list goes on immediately following <laughs> this show. Until next time, we're out. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.